Welcome to the Spark to Your Success podcast. My name is TJ Dow and I believe that we all have a bright spark inside. When you find yours and light it up, not only do you light up inside and that feels incredible, but you light up the world around you and allow other people to feel that incredible too. What a great gift to give, not just to yourself, but to all those people around you too. The Spark to Your Success podcast is designed to bring you a little inspiration, a little bit of insight and definitely some positivity for your day. And in this episode for young people and the young at heart, you'll hear an interview with a young lady named Jelaine. In previous episodes, I've talked about health and nutrition and diet, etc. And we've talked about finding uh, what you're passionate about. This interview kind of builds on this and explores the world of veganism from a young person's point of view, a young person who is definitely passionate about it, but not in a preachy way and not from an animal rights point of view either. Are you intrigued? Let's go and meet her. I'm a recent social anthropology graduate and I have been, I've been a vegan and eco-conscious for possibly well vegan for about two and a half years um going on three Mm. and you know eco-conscious has always fluctuated throughout my life because I grew up in the countryside um, but has really taken precedent in kind of forming more of my identity I guess um in the last two years as well so if you went vegan two and a half nearly three years ago what was that thing that made you go, I'm going to be vegan? It was, well, moving to uni launched me into this independence and and suddenly just having full control of what I was eating. Um, So I, I did the kind of quite normal transition of going vegetarian and then trying vegan. Mm. Um, But I noticed the big thing that happened was that I noticed when I was um, when I went into vegetarianism, I started eating a lot more cheese and milks than I had yes. done, and that was causing um, an increased inflammation of my eczema, which right. is a skin condition. Yes, um, and so that was also increasing with stress, and then I was getting stressed about my eczema and everything. So I just decided to cut cheese out mm. completely, trial it for a month. And it worked wonders. Yeah. My ex has never gone away so quick. Wow. Um, so that was that was kind of what started it. Yes. Um, and I had a, another friend who had also just gone to uni um, and just thought she'd trial it. Mm. So we started our vegan journeys together. Oh, that's um, nice to have somebody to actually do that with rather than trying to navigate it by yourself. Yeah, it was lovely. We had, we had a real support kind of network in each other Mm. we had a google doc which was all like different vegan products and vegan clothing brands and so we very quickly launched into veganism beyond just our diets yes um and that kind of just picked up momentum for both of us right um and has really become not more important than the diets, but, you know, that that's become a very large part of why we're still primarily vegan. Yeah. She, she's starting to launch launch off slight, slightly. She's eating eggs again. Right. Um, but, of course, there's so many different types of veganism. Yeah. 
and ways to be vegan that it's because I think people hear vegan and they only think about the food aspect of mm. it and many people have that reaction of like that's really extreme or that's really hard restrictive <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of people find it it must be really daunting to suddenly not have this freedom of what you can eat um but my experience was actually the complete opposite because it made me really aware of what I was eating and having gone to uni and becoming very worried about costing and finances you very quickly stop eating a wide range of food Mm -hmm. Um, that stereotype of students on beans and toast yes is it it's not quite the truth but it's close to it you know you do you do just end up having like a set number of meals that you know you can afford and and doing Mm. it so by becoming vegan it was a fantastic way of of increasing the range of vegetables I was eating and pulses and and grains and things and just Mm. trying new foods um and I think because veganism has really increased and become it's become trendy and popular mm. in the last couple of years, the, the number of restaurants that now have vegan food has just doubled, if not tripled. So that kind of aspect of your diet becoming restricted and, and you can't have as much freedom in what you're eating is completely untrue because every corner of a street will have a vegan restaurant on it yes in a city nowadays yes, which is nice to facilitate more people being able to take those opportunities yes, easily yeah um, so people have said to me actually have these conversations in the last <laughs> few days somebody said it was, it, being vegan like must be really expensive so it's interesting mm. that you said that it was easier on a student budget yeah definitely because a block of cheese even if you get the cheap stuff is like one pound, two pound fifty. Yeah. Um, so if you're if you're not buying vegan or vegetarian substitutes, mm. which is where it gets expensive, right. it's when you're buying the extra milks every time you go to Starbucks. You're getting that extra vegan tax on yes. it. If you try and stay away from that, then it, it's so cheap because you're just eating vegetables. Yeah. And if you go to a market, then you can get a bowl of vegetables for a pound, mm. and that will mm. have. Yeah. your five vegetables that you need yeah. in a day um, so here's the other thing that I hear a lot when we talk about diet and nutrition and all the rest of it is um, but how do you stay healthy when you're vegan that always <laughs> baffles me that? <laughs> that I mean it really depends on, on your your own tendencies I have quite a sweet tooth yes. so and I I love baking so it's very easy for me to not be healthy yeah, uh, because I will, you know, I'll be making banana bread cakes, which mm-hmm. they look healthy, but they're just filled with sugar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as you put the dark chocolate in them, that's it. Um, so you still have to be strict with yourself. But yeah. the, the number of vegetables you're eating, the protein aspect of it is not a concern for most mm. people um, because you're often eating more pulses like lentils and chickpeas and beans yes so so you're getting a lot of protein yeah anyway I find it very easy to be healthy um yeah and I did lose I did lose a bit of weight when I transitioned into becoming vegan because I just suddenly found myself being more active as well you know taking taking all the milk and and the ice cream and <laughs> <laughs> the cheese out of my diet yeah. 
it did it just kind of brought a bit more energy and also where you have to source your food I prefer to have mine plastic free and zero waste so I go to markets which tend to be that little bit further than mm. the nearest supermarket mm. so you end up walking more yeah so you get the exercise yeah exactly. it's not about animal cruelty so much for you as a wider issue of the environment etc so you just mm. touched on there that you like to buy things that are plastic free etc uh, and I know that you are very conscientious about recycling and the environment so tell yeah. us a little bit more about that because you are 21 years old 22, 22 years just, old just <laughs> <laughs> and so for a lot of our younger generation your generation mm. it really matters and I think that's as it should be, because we have a lot of damage to rectify. So tell us more about your passion about that. So that kind of sort of stems out of of uni and, again, and just being greeted with people that were completely blissfully ignorant of recycling. Mm. I lived in in a flat with 10 people and most of us didn't know how to recycle. Um, and I remember being taught how to recycle in school and it was yes. a very big thing. Um, and we we were taught which plastics you can recycle, which you can't, what to do with foil and the fact that you have to wash everything and make sure it's all clean, take off labels and everything. Mm. And then I was suddenly in this scenario where I was really the only one who cared about doing it um, properly mm. to a full amount um, and the only one who knew how. And so it just dawned on me that for other people, that's completely... They don't know how. They don't know how. And you can't blame anyone because recycling is just this this thing we're supposed to know, but no one actually educates. And certainly my generation, we never got taught it at school. Mm. So we just know you have separate bins for plastics and sometimes you have a bag for paper. Like It depends where you are, how they separate the recycling. But it doesn't really come with any proper instructions. No. So teach us how to recycle <laughs> properly. Well, the real difficulty is you've got to know your county and, and your council. Yeah. Um, so, for example, in my building, we don't recycle. We can't recycle um, because they only take paper and green glass. Wow. So... Um, that's very specific. Incredibly green specific. Glass. Yeah. Wow. And um, the things about paper is, you know, it can't be paper that's coated in plastics. Mm-hmm. So certain like magazines can't be recycled, yeah. and um, you've got to remove all the plastic from envelopes anywhere anywhere you recycle. Really, that's ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you can't always put shredded paper I've in your recycling. That. Yes. Um, because it's very difficult to differentiate from the different types of paper. Um, so yeah. that just ends up... That's better on your compost heap if you've got a compost okay, heap. that's good to know. Um, or a local compost heap. Mm. Um, but the biggest things, anywhere you are, you've always got to wash everything and make sure it's clean. Mm. So you can't recycle pizza boxes because they're covered in grease. And it's into the cardboard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's a myth. I know lots of people put that in their recycling. Um, so that goes into your normal bin. Any plastic 
pots, yogurt pots or hummus pots, mm. avocado pots, they all have to be washed. Same with cans. And with cans, if you can take the paper labels off, yeah. that's better. You'll find with, um, with some beer cans and things now, they have a bio-based plastic um, wrapper yeah. around them. That bio-based wrapper is sometimes recyclable, so that can go to your plastics recycling. Mm. But otherwise, if you've got a paper label around your can, beer can or whatever can, you do need to take that off. I was surprised um, at how many, how much of our plastic packaging cannot be recycled. Mm. A lot of it. A lot, including like trays. Yeah. Um, Because often people think that it's just the film Mm. that you can't recycle. And they're right, you can't recycle that usually. (laughs) But it's down to the different types of plastic and often the thickness of plastic. So thinner plastics will have more additives in, which allows it to be more flexible, whereas um, thicker plastics are usually stronger and um, sometimes a bit more brittle. Mm. So there's not as many additives in in their material Mm. compound. So you can look it up online... If you ever see the triangles yeah. are made of little arrows and they've got a number in, that tells you what kind of plastic your thing is. And then um, if you look at your council's website, you should be able to see if that can go into your mm. recycling. Otherwise, just try and reuse stuff as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. Um, because a lot of these things will have uses. Like if you ever get takeaway boxes, you can use those plastic boxes for... Like storage, I do that all the time. Yeah, because yeah, stuff yeah. I've cooked more of, and I put half in the, in the mm. fridge, and I take my salad in one to work, yeah. etc. But even outside of the kitchen, I know of someone on Instagram who uses like takeaway boxes and old um, portable plastic food tubware. Yeah. She uses those in her bathroom. She keeps like her bobby pins and her hair ties and yeah. different makeup things all in those. And they're just nicely organised. Yeah. And then when they break, they have a different use. They're used in creative projects or something. Right. Yeah. Um, so we've just got to be be a bit more creative and give yourself that time to actually think, what can I use this for? Mm. Um, because it's very easy to just throw something away. We are a convey- convenience generation, yes. aren't we? And um, we just don't stop and think before we we're a disposal mm. generation. Yeah. So to think about reusing it, yeah, I'd be a little bit more, like, say, creative. Mm. Uh, there's so much information on the internet about yeah. crafts and things, and we were talking yesterday about making Christmas trees and things. Yes, yeah, <laughs> coat hangers. And, um, <laughs> yeah. All sorts. Yeah, there's so much. I'm trying to look around and think, what have I, what have I repurposed something mm. for? But you know, I'll use plastic trays for a while as plant trays. Yeah, because um, I've surrounded myself with plants, and I can't always be going out and buying terracotta trays. Yes. So the plastic ones, they, they work. Yeah. Um, and that just stops everything from going mouldy underneath mm. your plant. Um, so it's just it's just little things like that. They don't necessarily always look beautiful, but I have a couple of hummus tubs that 
I paper mache around the outside. Right, so and then you can be creative. Yeah. It look beautiful. And, you know, that took, that took maybe, like, 40 minutes, and I think I was watching Netflix. And it was very simple. It was yeah. PVA glue and water um, that I already had at home. So, and that was it, and just scrap pieces of paper. So we might even find hobbies that we never even knew that yeah. we would enjoy yeah, while we do it. Exactly. Yeah. So coming back to being vegan, and um, have you found that that has got you more creative in the kitchen? Yes, definitely. It was quite an adjustment, and I think I look back on it and, and say, oh, it, it was easy, but... Yeah, not having that staple of having a piece of chicken. That's like the traditional to meat build, to veg, where yeah. meat protein part is, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. So it was being more adventurous with spices and, yeah. and building flavour. And textures. Textures, yes. I'm, I'm a bit weird about textures. I really don't like tomatoes and overly wet or slimy food but mushrooms <laughs> yeah Mush- mushrooms is, is the one thing I, I i'm good about now but <laughs> good about yeah. now yeah. Tomatoes. <laughs> i think when i first went vegan everything just had tomatoes in it and you know all the options it was either like flaffle yes um which i despise <laughs> really don't like falafel um or some kind of like tomato pasta that yes. just lacked any flavour and had yes. no cheese. Yeah, I've I've moved away from tomatoes and and things and and really just learnt what different spices are and what goes together. Yeah. I think I'm more reliant on recipes at the moment um, as I'm sort of get, getting back into the kitchen. For one year at uni, I lived alone, and so that was yeah. great because. I had a whole kitchen to myself yes, and I could really be creative yeah. um, and it didn't matter if the food didn't work because there was no one else to kind of go, Relying your food looks you. gross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I then returned to a house of four people and kind of had that shyness again. So mm. I'm getting back into it and, mm. and learning recipes from recipe books. But there are yeah. some great books out there mm. um, or just online. Yeah. You know, minimalist Baker is a is a great one and she does more than just baking but all of her dishes are fairly simple yeah and you can get ones like i also use thug kitchen because they're really fun thug kitchen, thug kitchen. <laughs> yeah um their books are full of expletives um, <laughs> but their their recipes are really creative yes. and have adapted um lots of of meat scented recipes so you get like tacos and and they did um like hot spicy cauliflower bites yes uh, which cauliflower has really kind of become a very popular vegetable again hasn't it Um, cauliflower steaks and things as alternatives um cauliflower jackfruit yeah Um, i've come across jackfruit i like jackfruit i think i don't know if it's just in my circle but tofu and avocado have sort of they're starting to go down a bit right. again now. Losing their popularity. Yeah. The newest thing is eating the flower of the banana. It's not something we've really done over here much at mm. all, even though we import millions of bananas. Yeah. But it is eaten in countries where the banana plants actually, actually grow. grow. So it is a normal part of a diet. Yes. 
So there are some some concerns that the flower of a banana is more scarce than the actual banana. So if there's a huge demand for this banana flower, what's going to happen? What will be the impact on the bananas? Yeah. Oh, the trees. On the trees, yeah. Yeah. And on the people who, you know, traditionally eat these foods. Because that's something I'm wary about with being vegan is a lot of the grains that you're eating... And the vegetables that are popular, Mm. they're all imported. That Um, was going to be my question in terms of, um, again, the impact on the environment if mm. we're importing a lot of popular foods to be all round rather than seasonal. Yeah. Um, That's something which I guess in the last sort of eight months, maybe, maybe a year that I've really become conscious of is where I'm sourcing my food beyond supporting local markets and, yeah. and things just being conscious about well have they been flown flown over or have they have have they been shipped over yeah and how are they farmed yeah who is getting the greater advantage mm-hmm. in that process i did a seven thousand word essay on the commodity chain of an avocado yes and my eyes were opened we're shocked yeah because you know avocados are in incredibly water thirsty so in the regions where they're being grown they're actually causing a lot of negative impact for all the other crops Mm. and for humans access to water um, because the water sources are diverted to the avocado plants that are being funded by these big companies um, and it's causing you know there's a big change in the local avocado industry Mm -hmm. Um, in countries like Mexico and things yes. where it's grown. You see that impact because we love these avocados. I know, it's funny, isn't it? Like one little innocent vegetable, Tasty fruit, vegetable, whatever, like, yeah. yeah, suddenly becomes popular. And we all love whatever that is in fashion, avocados at the mm. moment. And yet we have no insight as to the impact that that's causing like that ripple effect it is ridiculous Mm. just because that particular item became popular and you see it in every everything that becomes popular it always causes a negative impact Mm. in the place that it's actually Mm. grown because those places are often countries that have more issues with poverty yes um and that we exploit more readily yeah um without batting an eyelid yes so you know quinoa is is another popular one that's been an issue for ages as is couscous and uh, chickpeas are probably not much better (laughs) we can't grow those in this country no and that's a challenge isn't it some things we have to outsource to Mm -hmm. other parts of the world but even in the even if you're not got the opportunity to shop locally at the the fruit and veg markets at least uh, on most things uh, on the packaging, unfortunately, <laughs> packaging. Yeah. Uh, we'll tell people where it's being grown yes. in the supermarket. So you can make that decision, you know, not not necessarily trying to source everything from the UK, um, but perhaps just thinking, okay, well, I'll stick to Europe and everything yeah. comes from, you know, a, a select mile radius mm. and trying to do that. And even if you do it for a month, yeah. or a week mm. then you really become aware of it yes and so if if it's not a sustainable practice for you in the long term yeah you can 
then start thinking, well, actually, today I'm going to make that decision yes. to buy this product and not buy that yeah. product because it's from nice. X, Y, and Z. And, and slowly those practices become more common of what you're doing and you build that kind of likeness for yes. it, I guess. You enjoy doing it. Yeah. At least that's what happened for me is that I got a, gra- a satisfaction from knowing that actually everything in my bag is is from the UK or from yeah. Europe. Yeah. Um, and or has been organically farmed yeah. or is fair trade and I mean there's issues with all of these things <laughs> which you kind of it was a little a little while ago now but it it had a really good, good positive impact on me some activists had said we can only fight one fight each yes so share your support for other campaigns but dedicate yourself to one issue yeah. And for me right now, that's probably the environmental aspect. That's what I've been doing is just slowly building that eco-consciousness and those eco-friendly practices and not forcing myself into zero waste living instantly. Because zero waste living is a privilege. You do have to have a certain amount of financial level to be able to to do it. because some people would say, gosh, you know, the whole thing is so big. Like, what? Like, how is one little old me ever going to make an impact? Like, it's, it's just mm. me doing it. It's never going to make change the world. And I think it's easy to think that way. But it's about if everybody just made a few little changes, it's the yeah. collective eco-consciousness that's yeah. going to make an impact, isn't it? So not to kind of be defeated, but mm. to go, Do you know what? Like I said, let me choose my battle. Let me choose that one thing that I'm going to concentrate on that will just make a difference and all those little bits add up. Mm. Yeah. And I think we are we are seeing those changes. We are seeing that difference. You know, this morning I read on the news that Sainsbury's has become the first large chain supermarket to get rid of um, plastic bags in their fruit and bakery aisles. Yeah. And that... You know, that's happened in the last year yes. because people were writing to them, because people signed petitions mm. or people were writing on Facebook that actually mm. they didn't want the plastic yes. in there and they yes. were taking their canvas bags to the shops. Yes. And that's a tiny change. It doesn't feel like you're necessarily making a difference, but you have. And the same in Waitrose, they're bringing in the packageless, what they called... The dispensers, product oh, dispensers, yes, yes. where you can fill your own containers. Yes. That's a change that we've made. Yeah. And by people using those mm. in areas that they bring mm. them in, it encourages them to do it yeah. elsewhere. And, and it might change. be a slow change. And, you know, yeah. if, you read, if you're reading and listening to Greta Thunberg, then you know that that's not what the overall campaigns are asking yes. for. We're asking for extreme change, but you've got to start small. One of the newer slogans is, we don't need a few individuals living a zero waste life perfectly. We need lots of people doing it imperfectly. And that's all, all you can do is just those little, little things. Yeah. So thank you ever so much for taking the time uh, to just share your thoughts about important matters uh, that I know people will be interested to listen to. 
And so if you have any questions on the subject and you want to find out more, then please connect with me on Back on Track Teens. Go to the blog page and leave comments or connect with me through the website. And if you want to ask Jelaine some questions, I'll pass them on happily <laughs> and uh, we will get back That'd to you great. in answers. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, what a delightful young lady and a pleasure to have interviewed her. I hope that you found it as fascinating and inspiring to listen to as I did listening to her there giving the interview. So you've been listening to me, TJ Dow, at the Spot Your Success podcast. Till next time, be kind to yourself and your world. Bye for now. <laughs>